Welcome to OnlyFans Q&A Live, a question and answer show exclusive to OnlyFans and Miami Dolphins Discord server. Now here's your host, Alf. And we're on. Welcome to OnlyFans Q&A Live for February the 7th, 2024. If you want to become a member of our Discord and participate in these Q&A sessions, you can become a member of our Discord at discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans. And you can become a member there for $3 a month. This show is brought to you by dietsmoke.com for all your THC and shroom products. They also got some CBD. Use the promo code WADDLE, as in Jalen Waddle. Use the promo code WADDLE and you get 50% off any one item. All right, it's been a busy week. Of course, they hired Anthony Weaver. I don't think we're going to get too much into that, but um, which is to say, you know, there's not much we know about him, except that he comes highly recommended. We don't know about his system, but we're starting to get, I guess, uh, bits and pieces as they slowly come in. Out is Anthony Campanelli. Uh, after two bites at the apple to try to get the, the big seat and you don't get it, it's understandable that he ends up elsewhere. So... That was to be expected once he gets passed over. To replace him is Joe Barry, and I saw everybody on Twitter having a cow because of he was a bad defensive coordinator. Uh, although his def- his defenses were bad, you know who knows? Maybe he was a great defensive coordinator and his players sucked. Okay, but we do know he's a great linebackers coach. Uh, a lot of accolades, a lot of great players, and he is. Now going to replace Anthony Campanelli at linebacker. Now everybody uh, earlier today, as Ryan Crow got hired, he was with the Tennessee Titans for six years. Um, you know, and I'm going to glean some things from from what you know they taught in Tennessee, and try to see if I could apply it to Miami. But he was there for six years. He was there under Dan, uh, Dan Pease and Shane Bowen. Um, there's not much to glean from that because before those two guys, they had Dick LeBeau. Uh, there's three different types of defenses there. But the last two years kind of saw them do the, the pretty much the same thing. Although he's moving to outside. He's going to coach outside linebackers. And I don't think he's going to be pass game coordinator as Ryan Slowick is, is kept on which would mean he's being reassigned to do what? Well, he's done that before. So maybe he's going to be the pass game coordinator since Joe Barry is now the run game coordinator. So now what to glean from that? Okay. Uh, Ryan Crow is not going to handle the secondary, so Ryan Slowick is. I think this points to, and especially with all these hires, they're keeping some type of semblance, a semblance of what Fangio left here as far as the system, which means that it's just a system that is similar to to what Fangio has, probably in nomenclature and, uh, of course, the, the terminology and the, the number system. Is, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same thing. Uh, what's interesting to see, and we won't know this until OTAs, is what the system is actually going to look like. What is Anthony Weaver's philosophy? Because we don't know. If we're going to just take him at face value of what he did in Houston, that was a really vanilla offense, I mean defense, that wasn't very good. Okay, They overreacted to stopping the run. They played 50 fronts because of it. 
They never played any eagle fronts or bear fronts. Uh, it was kind of a vanilla 4-3 flex, middle of the field open defense. They played a lot of match quarters, very few split field coverages. So what can we glean from that? I, what, what I gleaned from it was that was Romeo Cornell's system, and he's evolved since then. Since then, he's worked under Wink Martindale and Mike McDonald, uh, two very, very different defensive coordinators. And the requirements to play either one of those defenses is different in both respects, really. So let's say he picked up something from both. If he picked up something from both, he's picking, he's picking up stuff from essentially the two best that have done it the last two years, right? Uh, you got a guy who's very blitz heavy, and you got another guy who's a little bit more conservative but play a lot of cover three and a lot of you know, flat open defenses and I'll explain it as such. Okay. Cause somebody was asking me, you know, what about Steve Spagnuolo since, you know, he's the, he's the hot name, right? Like everybody wants Steve Spagnuolo because he's, he's coaching. He's the guy that did the thing on the thing. You know what I mean? That's the way it always works in this league. Whoever's the hot thing. And he's been uh, the hot thing for a while. Right. Is the one that's going to be like, okay, we want that. Whatever he's doing, we want to do. Well, he's a, he's extremely different from what Mike McDonald did, from what Vic Fangio did, and I'll explain why, okay? Uh, most coverages, and we're going to forget about the fronts because the fronts, you know, that's a whole, like we could, we, could do an, uh, we could do two hours on fronts, but who cares about the fronts? Let's just uh, say for the sake of argument that both defense coordinators want to have four men rush, okay? Which is the standard number uh, in the NFL. Most teams rush four guys, okay? So let's just say you got four guys in the front. There, four guys are going to run. Uh, forget about the boxes. We're going to talk about. We're, we're talking strictly about coverages here, okay? Uh, Spagnolo is the kind that that will will keep five underneath and two deep, okay? Which is a fancy way of saying two deep shell. Now. When you play five underneath, what are you really doing? Okay, your outside corners are carrying receivers up the field. And depending on the rules, they're letting, or depending on the hash, they're letting them go to into the deep zone where a safety is going to be occupying it. Or they're carrying them the whole way, depending on if it's the short field or depending on the rules for a field side play or a play side play. So, you know, the outside rules can vary, but what does not vary is what they're trying to take away. They're trying to take away hitches. They're not necessarily trying to take away crosses because that depends on how you pass guys off and how you call the numbers uh, pre-snap, okay? But they're taking away hitches. They're taking away hooks. They're taking away slants because you're keeping five underneath. That is the opposite of what somebody like Mike McDonald did last year. And if Anthony Weaver's bringing that over here, what you're doing is you're playing four under and three deep for the most part, which is a, a way of saying three deep. Uh, your three deep are essentially cutting the field in, in, in thirds. You do that when you have very, very good cornerback uh, play. You need a, a hell of a safety to play in the middle of this defense. You would assume that they have that with Javon Holland. But now you're playing four underneath. And what are you essentially taking away? Well, what is open? 
That's a middle of the field closed defense. Okay. The other is a middle of the field open defense. Now, what what gets a little bit confusing here is that Fangio had a middle of the field open defense. And if Anthony Weaver is going to adopt what Mike McDonald did, then they're going to have a middle-of-the-field closed defense. So this thing could get really, really confusing because we just don't know what Anthony Weaver's system is or what he's going to do. Now, what happens when you play three deep? When you play three deep, you got four under. What are you taking away? You're taking away hooks. You're taking away hitches, okay? What you're not taking away is the flats. You're exposing the flats, and you can expose the flats uh, and I'll explain how you can expose ex- expose the flats when you're the Ravens, and it's answered by two very simple things: Cal Hamilton, Hamilton, Patrick Queen. You need linebackers that could get out to the flats. Dolphins have that, by the way. Jerome Baker is very good in that regard. But if you can expose the flats, and I've always liked that type of defense, by the way. Uh, I don't mind exposing the flats because whenever the quarterback is throwing it two yards, you're winning. All you got to do is rally and tackle. Okay, so if you expose the flats, you're pretty much closing out the rest of it. And they're going to have to defeat you with route combinations to defeat teams with route combinations. You need time. You're banking on your four to get there before he has the meaning. The quarterback has the time to defeat you with a route combination. So I don't mind that if that's what he's going to do. But it seems like it could be some type of hybrid is what they're running. Because the coaches that they've hired so far for the fronts, Ryan Crow and Joe Barry, uh, they're coming from completely different styles of defenses. Completely different styles. Now, can Joe Barry, since he's a vet, can he adapt? Maybe. Ryan Crow has been in Tennessee for six years. Uh, he's coached under three completely different coaches. So... This is getting more confusing by the day, actually, as far as what they're doing with the defense, which is kind of a good thing, right? Because if if we're completely confused and we're the guys that are analyzing this stuff, then what are our opponents thinking, right? So, you know, I'm I would love to hear hear him talk about his philosophy. I don't think that there's any press conference scheduled. If that's the case, you're going to hear from him somewhere. Before the draft, I think they made uh, the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator available before the draft last year. Maybe if they sign somebody and in free agency that's relevant to one of the sides of the ball, maybe they sign a defensive lineman or a linebacker or a cornerback or whatever, maybe they'll have Anthony Weaver speak then. But if not, we're waiting for OTAs. And then at OTAs, we get to see the, our first glimpses of that system. Now, uh, he's kind of set on his fronts. Like you could tell he knows what he wants to play. All right. So that's pretty interesting. And moving Ryan Slowick out kind of suggests that maybe Ronaldo Hill has an issue. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that his job is safe because if Ronaldo Hill is going to lose his past game coordinator job, then what exactly is he going to do here? Maybe he's he would want to move on, okay? He has better prospects elsewhere if he's going to lose his pass game coordinator job. I'm wondering, and I, I guess we'll learn more as time goes on what Ryan Slowick's new assignment is. But that's going to be instructive as to what they're going to do.
Um, but again, on the defensive side of the ball, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what is his philosophy. What is Anthony Weaver's philosophy? It has to be very simple things. He's either a middle-of-field open defense or a middle-of-field closed defense. Okay? And I understand there's probably some, some of you right now under your breath saying, why not do both? Well, yeah, you could do both. But you got to start with an ethos. You got to start with a philosophy. And the philosophy has to be one or the other. Okay? Middle-of-field open defenses usually play with light boxes. Um, Anthony Weaver's coming from the Ravens. Ravens played with very light boxes. I think they were uh, fifth or sixth in light box rate this season. So, now, what what can we say? Well, we know for a fact that Ryan Crow came from the Titans and they've been very good against the run for two years. We know that they've been very, very bad against the pass for two years. So he's be, he's bringing, I guess, that experience. Now, who did he play that was – he play, he, he, who did he coach that is of any consequence? Harold Landry, uh, for one. So that's something to watch, you know, as far as, you know – the the prototype of the kind of edge rusher that he probably will want here. But um, as far as the philosophy, yeah, man, it's going to be difficult to discern unless Anthony Weaver actually tells us, right? So for now, we're just going to assume, and that's the way I'm going to treat the offseason. Although maybe, you know, as they sign guys in free agency, maybe that'll start telling telling us more, right? But I'm just going to assume that he's just going to take from what he's learned. He's... He's worked under Wink, uh, Wink Martindale and Mike McDonald in in Baltimore, so I'm just going to assume that that's going to be his ethos on defense. It's going to be some type of hybrid of what Wink and Mike McDonald did, and if that's the case, that's pretty damn good, right? You know, because both guys were the guys that did the thing uh, next to the thing as they did the thing, and that's the way it works in the NFL. Whoever did that thing is the one that's getting the next job. Uh, it's Super Bowl week. I don't think we're going to talk too much about the Super Bowl. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit at the end because I don't want to step on our show tomorrow on Three Yards Per Carry where we will preview the Super Bowl. Uh, but I started the week off thinking that the Chiefs had little to no chance because you look at the two teams, man, and 49ers are just a much better team. But are you really going to bet against the best quarterback in football and probably the best defense in football? Like that usually is enough. Pat Mahomes is so good that he'd just create offense. And then at the end of the game, you're like, wait a minute, we lost 20 to 17? Yes, you lost 20 to 17 to Patrick Mahomes. So as the week goes on, man, I'm leaning Kansas City, but I'm really just leaning Kansas City with no real info, except one thing. And I will say this, and I'll talk about this on the show tomorrow. 49ers have problems covering these three-level throws and sale concepts. And that's what Kansas City does. Now, it's been two weeks. I think that they know that we know that everybody else knows and that Kansas City also knows that they have problems covering sale routes and they have problems covering, you know, these two-level throws. Well, I'm pretty sure they're going to go to school on that. So are they going to fix it? Was two weeks enough time to fix it? To face Pat Mahomes, Rasheed Rice, and Travis Kelsey? Probably all of a sudden they, they have two stars on offense, not not one, <laughs> uh, as far as the skill players. Because Rashi Rice is an absolute stud. His coming out party came out, you know, it, it was a little earlier than the Dolphin game, but I think that was his 
coming out party like, hey, I'm going to be a star in this league. I'm going to be one of the best slot receivers in football when he absolutely torched us in minus 30-degree weather. So, well, uh, that's enough for the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll cover that in, in, in depth tomorrow on 3YPC. What we will do right now is I will get to your questions and I will answer as many as possible. If you want to come up here, all you got to do is just raise your, your hand and I'll bring you up on the queue. All you got to do is, you know, identify yourself so the audience knows who you are. So far, there's nobody in the queue, but there's a lot of questions in the chat. So I'll just get to the questions. All right. First question. Think we'll re-sign, extend anyone before free agency starts. Great question. What you're going to see and Super Bowl's on Sunday. So... Probably next week, you're going to hear these mysterious leaks. Oh, Robert Hunt wants this. Connor Williams wants that. And that's coming from the, those are the opening salvos being fired by the agents. So look for that. And that'll officially kick off the free agency uh, season. Okay. Because we really don't know, you know, like I could speculate, but what, you know, like I'll tell you five for 50, like. I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass like anybody else would, okay? But as far as signing somebody, I think that they're talking to Robert Hunt. I have no other information on that. I think you want to square away some of these players because they got a lot of work to do, okay? Uh, I think Deshaun Elliott is imperative. It's going to be cheap. Try to square him away for a slight markup. If you could do that, you're doing pretty damn good work, Okay? I think uh, on defense, that's one of the more important ones. I think you want to get a feel for Andrew Van Ginkle, for sure, as far as before. We're talking about guys to, to sign before free agency. You know, On Wilkins, I know everybody's thinking, hey, what about Christian Wilkins? I, I think on Christian Wilkins, they're going to put a number on the table and they say, this is the number. No? Okay, uh, we're going to try to get you out of here, Christian. Okay, and we're going to try to get something for you. So that's going to be a little bit more delicate situation. I don't expect him to be back. Uh, I think he wants to be paid as... So as one of the highest paid defensive tackles, and I don't think that the Dolphins want to pay him that. All right, next question. How aggressive do you see them being in the offseason when it comes to adding talent? I know money is tight, but Ross doesn't mind signing checks to make things work, and this is going to be important because I said this before on Twitter, and I really do believe it. I don't think that this offseason is about bringing back your high-priced free agents. I think this offseason is about finding the right vets for one-year deals that want to come along. Look at uh, look at what happened last year. Uh, Gardner Johnson, what a player he was for the Eagles when they made that run to the to the Super Bowl. Um, and after he had signed a contract, okay, signs with the Detroit Lions for one year, six point five million dollars. He's one of the best safeties in football. Those are the kind of deals you got to try to find. Jadavian Clowney, what he signed for with the Ravens, something like that, okay? They're going to have to find the right vets to fill in the the holes that will develop on the squad as higher price free agents leave, and they got to be the right guys for the right money, uh, which means you're going to have to put out some guaranteed money. And if you put out some guaranteed money, that's your owner writing some pretty fat checks in March. So we shall see. All right, uh, next question. Hi, Alpha. Two-part question. We've made some coaching changes aside from special teams. Which position group coaching is the weakest, strongest? I always love uh, – I'll answer that for one right away. I love uh, Studsville. He's one of the best running back coaches in football. In fact, I'll go ahead and say he's the best running back coach in football. 
Okay, I think Wells Walker is absolutely fabulous as well. Uh, he has a future as an OC in this league, by the way. Uh, next question in the two parts. He says, uh, you can make one coaching appointment, no limits. Uh, who do you go for? Thanks. You know what? He retired, Keith Armstrong, but he's a hell of a special teams coach. I would I would try to bring him on as a special teams coach, Keith Armstrong. He was here one time, by the way. Um any other, I know Larry Izzo is looking for a job somewhere, but what the hell do we know about Larry Izzo? We know he was a great special teams player. Does that translate to a great special teams coach? You know, you know, are we the type of team that need a guy that needs a guy learning on the job when we probably have our head coach already learning on the job? So I don't, I don't know about Larry Izzo, but yeah, Keith Armstrong, but he retired. He he's done. Uh, what will Tua drill this offseason to improve physical and mental aspects of his game? Uh, man, that's gonna be, that's a question for Nick Hicks. I know what he needs to work on. Uh, needs to he needs to get to, to more parts of the field. Okay, he could throw corner routes. I don't know why he doesn't throw them. And it's on film you could see like, hey, you know what? He has this. It, you know, he has this throw, but he just is not taking. He's taking the, the simpler throw, or he's taking the check down in the flat. There's certain throws that are there available to him in on film all year that I think he's going to look at and he's going to work on getting to. Obviously, he, uh, you want him to work on his body. You want to harden his body. I like the weight he played at this year. Sturdy. Um, I think he was closer to 230 pounds. I think that's a good thing. I think that makes him sturdy. That makes him durable. Uh, what free agent wide receivers do you think we target? Also, does O-line wide receiver seem the most logical way to go first two picks? Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be so sure. There's a distinct possibility they could go do, they could go for a defensive player at 21. That's possible. But as far as free agent wide receivers, and we're going to talk a lot about the draft. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, I don't mind I don't mind saying so. Like we do as good or a better job than anybody covering the draft. Anywhere. What free agent wide receiver do you think we target? Man, look at the Curtis Samuel. I think he makes so much sense. He's perfect for this squad. And he fits and he hits all the erogenous zones, right? He's fast. He's gonna be cheap. All right. He was underutilized. You know, look at Curtis Samuel. And he has the versatility to play a lot, by the way, in a lot of different sets for Miami. Uh and he keeps that speed element on the field at all times because now you have three. That you can count on. Uh, who's the most interesting under the radar draft eligible players? I probably don't know about who will be a good fit for the Dolphins. Okay, under the radar, there, there's nothing really under the radar about Brian Thomas. You know, at wide receiver Malachi Corley. We we know all those guys. Look at to Roman Wilson. He's wide receiver from Michigan. Uh, he's getting short thrift compared to the other two guys and Xavier Leggett. Like those are the, the guys that are sexy. Roman Wilson doesn't get you know talked about. That guy can play, and I think he he plays in our eleven personnel immediately. So he I think he's a big contributor year one. Uh, if they do get him, is twenty one a little bit too rich for Roman Wilson? Possibly, but maybe there's a trade down, and maybe they move down to somewhere around thirty three. Uh, out of the first round altogether, or maybe they move somewhere around the 28 range, and that's more palatable to take uh, somebody like Roman Wilson. But that's how I would look at it. I'll have a lot more guys to, to – there's there's not really that many under-the-radar guys because for the last few – you know, for the first early days of 
our run up to the draft, we're basically talking about, you know, day one and day two guys. Uh, which one of these doesn't belong? Westoff, Rizzi, Crossman. Oh, we know that. It's Crossman. Which one of these doesn't belong? Uh, Westoff, he's retired. Somebody asked. Uh, somebody answers. That's that's the truth. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the same guy says uh, two can coach and one should be fired. All right. Uh, what is your opinion on moving HN to wide receiver and signing one of the free agent running backs? Uh, moving HN to wide receiver is a little bit tricky. I think you want to get the ball in his hands as much as possible, and that would entail uh, running the football. Now, the, moving him exclusively out of running back into a more hybrid role where he touches the ball, running the ball, and uh, receiving the ball, that's more likely. Okay? Uh down the down the line, moving him exclusively to wide receiver. I don't know. I think uh, I like him as a running back. He's produced as a running back. I'd be more interested in getting some weight on him, getting the getting him as close to two hundred pounds as possible. I know he came in this year somewhere around one hundred and ninety pounds. If you could get him somewhere around one hundred and ninety five, pushing almost two hundred. I think you're you're right there where you want to be. You want to work on his body and make him a little bit more durable that way. But no, no matter how you slice it, the man had 800 yards rushing on, what was it, a billion yards per carry. He's useful, and he's a hell of a pass receiver. He does it all. The key is who cares about moving him to wide receiver? I care about getting him touches, and he needs to get those touches this coming season. All right, we're, I think we're going to leave it here unless somebody else has another question. And going once, going twice. Is anybody else going to put anything else into the chat? If not, we could leave it right here. And we will. All right. If you want to become a, a member of our Discord and participate in these Q&As, you can come to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans. You go to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans and you become a member there for $3 a month. All right. We will see you again next week, same time, every Wednesday. OnlyFans Q&A Live. See you then. Thanks for listening to OnlyFans Q&A Live.